for just a moment take a trip back to me to your elementary school science class. If you remember, your science teacher taught you that to have fire, there are three things that are required. Fuel, something that is combustible, heat, and oxygen. If any one of these three things is missing, you might have something, but the one thing that you do not have is fire. And the spiritual equivalent to this is the fire of the Holy Spirit. There are three similar requirements, faith, hope, and love. If any one of these three things is missing, you might have something, but the one thing that you're not going to have is the fire of the Holy Spirit. If you do not have hope, even if you have faith and love, you end up in despair because it's not going to take you anywhere. Someone at Mass who has this condition, they have, faith and, uh, they have love and faith but not hope, might be sitting here thinking, for example, what's the point? I'm not going to get to heaven anyway. I'm not going to become a better person. I'm hopeless in my sins. If you don't have love, but you have faith and hope, then everything you do is soulless. For example, at this Mass, someone might be going, oh, I am so bored. I'm not getting anything out of this. Entertain me. And faith, which our readings were about today, if you have hope and love but not faith, what a person loves first and hopes in will be wrongly and unbeneficially placed. So an example of this might be at this Mass, you know, these stories are nice and all, but give me science. I want to measure it, I want to weigh it, I want to see it, nothing else. Like the three requirements for the necessity of fire, a person might think the idea of faith is a nice idea. It's an example so vital, though, to the Spirit of the Holy Spirit. Yes, it's an interesting thing to know, and I'm sure it serves well, but really, what does this have to do with what I'm going to do after Mass today, when I go hiking or golfing or go to breakfast? Actually, it's very vital. And the application is for every moment of your life. What happens when hope and love are placed in the wrong things or the wrong people because you're missing faith? You will be hurt, physically, mentally, or spiritually. And if you want a current example, here is one. Think of the increased rash of shootings we've had in our nations. Yesterday morning with the Saturday morning crowd, I was sharing, them, sharing with them these things from Wikipedia, if you can believe everything that Wikipedia tells you, but there's something to it anyway. This was on gun violence in the United States. Gun violence archive, frequently cited by the press, defines a mass shooting as firearm violence resulting in at least four people being shot at roughly the same time in the same location, excluding the perpetrator. Using this definition, there have been 2,128 mass shootings since 2013, roughly one per day. I was speaking with one of our FBI agents in the parish, and he was going, well, there's some truth to that, but they're taking a lot of liberties with a lot of definitions in there. So it isn't quite as bad as it sounds, but it's not good. 
It was reported in the newspaper this past week that four nations, including China, have issued travel warnings to their people coming to the United States because of the violence that we've had here. Now, while these things might be difficult to comprehend, there's another surprise to this. As far as I can tell, as I was looking up, up on, online, only two of these shootings have ever taken place in a Catholic school. One was in Gonzaga University in 1971, where an MIT student came on campus and did something. And another one sounds, had difficulties finding information on either of these, but in 2010, between two girls. So even if there were 50 shootings at a Catholic school this summer, that would still not even scratch the surface of what's going on everywhere else. So what's the difference here? Well, what happens when a person does not have faith in something beautiful, good, and true, and that has to do with a greater degree than creation is capable of giving us? Because faith points beyond the limits of this world. If someone does not believe in God, they love and hope in something else. And there's the key, it's something. The difficulty in loving first and having faith in anything outside of God is that all that is left is creation. And the more likely the person is to be crushed the person who depends on created things or being for the source of hope and love is going to be disappointed. There's a saying, do not hang your hat on a hook that can't bear the weight. It means not to overly put pressure on anything that's not meant to handle it. If you have usually uh, ever gone driving and see this little white sign just before you get to a bridge, it's usually on uh, more rural roads as you're traveling, and it says, no trucks over this weight going over the bridge, right? That's because the bridge was not meant or built to handle anything heavier than that. It's not the bridge's fault if it collapses, if you drive that heavier truck over it. It was being used beyond its pur purpose, right? But if that bridge is all there is, and this truck must be driven, it can cause tremendous anger or frustration that this is all there is. What am I supposed to do? I was counting on this bridge. Similarly, as beautiful and dramatic and inspiring as this world can be, it was not designed to be the fulfillment of our love or our hope or our faith. So if I own a gun and I do not have faith in something greater and better and good, and I am quickly discovering that this world and all in it will ultimately fail me, that it cannot bear the weight of all my needs, then nothing I do really matters, does it? And nothing that I do has meaning. Then I am at greater risk to become the person who, in the greatest of cases, to become so angry at creation as to want to destroy it, as in Columbine or in this past week, Dayton. In lesser cases, Maybe I become obsessed with self-medication and just trying to feel better. Drugs, porn, gossip, television, computer games, etc. Not that a person of faith does not do any of these things. They do. That's why we have confessionals. 
but Christians have not lost faith in something greater. We have not stopped at at least looking and yearning for a greater ideal and understand that I can be a better man, that I could be a better woman, taking responsibility, sacrificing, healing. Today we're reminded of the bizarre example of Abraham and Isaac in faith. That's what these windows here all over are all about. Remember the, the three angels come to visit Abraham and he uh, offers hospitality, which we read about a couple of weeks ago. And in return, they said, despite your old age and despite the fact that your wife is barren, you will have a son this time next year. And that son is Isaac that we see up there. And he says, and from this son Isaac, you will have descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky or the sand in the sea. And that's why you see that blue swath that comes down with all the stars and it's representing all the uh, descendants that was promised to him. But then in a bizarre twist, God says, all right, offer your son Isaac for me. Take him up and offer him up as a holocaust. And Abraham's like, oh, okay, well, all right. You know, and there we see the angel stopping him because he was going to do it. But in his mind, he said, if God told me to do this, in some way I trust him, I have faith in him that he's going to fulfill his promise to me that maybe by, if we heard in the second reading, he will raise my son from the dead or bring him back to me in some way. And that's how I will have all my descendants. So how is that different? That bizarre story different from someone who feels they have to kill everybody. First, firstly, he didn't willfully desire the destruction of creation in anger and in frustration, right? If anything, this would have brought him more anger and frustration. Secondly, Abraham knew that God promised him descendants from Isaac and he trusted in God. In the second reading, he surmised God could raise him, right? In any case, he was still motivated by life, by faith, and by love, by belief in God, by love of creation, and the desire to unite and heal it according to God's plan, and to not focus on his own wants and needs and rights, but rather on what in duty and responsibility he is called to, which has led to the faith of his descendants. That's you and me. That swath of stars that comes down, that's us. We are the spiritual descendants of that action. His actions thousands of years ago still helps unite and heal the world today. And that's the importance of keeping that faith alive in your heart and to bring that healing to a world that so desperately needs it. 